today turned out to be a very special day. I, I knew it was going to be a good day, but it turned out to be something even better. I, I spent four hours meeting with John Miller. I met John years ago from Mechanicsville, Pennsylvania, member of a church where I had spoken several times. And he runs a ministry there for dads, how to help them understand better their role and what it is that they are to be giving their children. And he came to spend some time with me to talk about maybe putting a retreat together that helps men, how to improve some of his thoughts and his work with dads. It was just great. He's a great man, very humble, very sensitive to the spirit. I'm, I'm grateful for him. I was looking forward to being with him. But toward the end of our time, he told me that he had brought the communion elements with him. And would we celebrate the Eucharist together? And he himself had made the unleavened bread that we would use then to share the Lord's Supper. It was absolutely wonderful. We sat at the dining room table. We had some time of prayer. He poured the wine. He presented the bread. And then we shared the elements together. And, and he took this bread that he had made and he broke it and he handed it to me. And then we ate, thinking of Jesus, remembering him in this moment. And we did the same with the cup. Soon after we prayed and there were blessings and gratitude for spending the time and off he went. And my, man be, my mind began to think about the whole notion of the beauty of that moment and the relationship that beauty had and has to the concept of brokenness. What does it mean when scripture tells us that there is a value that God has in the idea of brokenness and that there is a beauty that comes from brokenness? I mean, after all, that's not something that you learn as a kid. I mean, if you have a favorite toy or your crayons or whatever it might be, and it is broken, it is heart-wrenching. And there is loss. And there are often tears. And we don't think much more about that. And it doesn't seem that there are lessons to be learned there. But everything changes when we get older and we're able to do some reflecting. In Psalm chapter 51, which I'm sure you're familiar with, it's a psalm in which David is crying out to the Lord once his own sin has been exposed. He makes this statement that comes up other places in Scripture, particularly the psalm. He says this, My sacrifice, God, is a broken spirit, a broken and a contrite heart. You, God, you don't despise that. Now, why in the world would it be that in any way God would desire a broken heart? I mean, that sounds, doesn't it, almost mean-spirited. But what God knows is there is a 
a beauty that can emerge in the midst of brokenness. That if we see it, it can actually change our lives. Let's, let's just take the issue, for example, of if you've ever experienced a broken heart. A broken heart. Maybe the broken heart of when you were younger and there was a relationship with someone and you had great feelings for them and they broke up with you. Often there are feelings that go with that and that's why people talk about, I'm, I'm heartbroken. They're not talking about something physical, though it can have a physical response. They're talking about the fact that something that was very, very important to me, something that I had great affection for, it's, it's now not mine anymore. Or what about when there's an experience of loss? When someone you love, someone that you've had a relationship with one, someone that you've done life with, they pass. And even if they pass, knowing the Lord and go into glory, there is a brokenness to it, isn't, isn't there? How many times that when I was a pastor that I would be there to do a funeral and there was that combination of the joy of being in the arms of Christ and the sadness the heartbrokenness of not being able to talk to them or see them any longer. And what about the brokenness that comes around our behaviors? You know, we, we do something, and at the time we do it out of impulse, we do it out of desire, and then we look back and we see this wasn't good. And that's, that's what happens here with David. And his spirit is broken. His heart is broken. There's tears. There's sadness. There's sorrow. There's loss. See, all of this comes around. And so then you ask the question, well, how can it be that there is in any way a beauty in the midst of brokenness? But it's just flat out true. You see, when there is this kind of brokenness, the broken heart, the broken spirit, what it's doing is it's laying open and laying bare the deepest desires of a person's heart. It's showing what is most important to them. The loss of love, the loss of a relationship that had great meaning the loss of security or safety with someone. Or in our own hearts, when, like David, we have strayed and we've done something that is inappropriate, that, that brokenness, it reveals in our own heart places where we have turned other than God, other than to God, in order to meet some of the deepest longings of our life. You see, this concept, this idea that God loves a broken heart, a contrite spirit, is not that God likes to see us down, but I think he likes to see us more open and vulnerable about what's really going on deep inside. There are times in which 
We are so engaged in the issues of our lives, in the activity, in the doing, that we don't spend time to think about what's driving that in the first place. What is the deepest need that we have? And all of a sudden, in the midst of that pain, it exposes the fact that what we most need and are most desperate for is the satisfaction and the fullness that comes from God himself. There is a spiritual classic. It's called A Testament of Devotion, and it's written by Thomas Kelly, who passed away years ago. I believe it was in the 40s, possibly. A Quaker man, had a love for the Lord, earned a PhD, I believe at Haverford, and then he went on to earn a second, try to earn a second PhD at Harvard, I believe it was. And when it came all the way down to the final moments of sitting before his committee, he failed and he did not receive it. And it broke him. It broke his spirit. But what emerged out of that brokenness in time was a recognition on his part that he was to some degree trying to substitute an intellectual understanding of theology with a deep personal intimacy with God. And it was in this brokenness that he then discovers that it's the love of God that he was looking for all the time and that it can be experienced. It is an episodic reality. And out of that, he wrote this classic book, A Testament of Devotion. It's hard at the time. It's difficult. It even in some ways feels impossible to see how anything good could come out of these kinds of moments. And yet... The brokenness reveals the deepest longing of the heart, and it often turns us in our weakness to God. It causes us to even lean more into him. I remember once hearing a pastor say, never despise what it is that causes you to lean more into Jesus. That whatever causes you to lean into Jesus is ultimately a good thing. And part of the good thing is how beauty does emerge. Look, look at the story of the Eucharist itself. How out of the broken bread and the crushed grapes comes the opportunity to participate in the very suffering of Jesus, bringing it into ourself and all that it means. The celebration of the Eucharist is one of the most beautiful moments that we have in the community of Christ, and yet it, it centers around the idea of brokenness. And of course, it's a representation, if you will, of the brokenness of Jesus on Calvary, where we see the beauty emerging out of sacrifice, out of surrender, how love conquers hatred and that light dispels the darkness in something that we would never think we wanted to even contemplate 
we have found the very symbol of our faith. There is a beauty, according to Scripture, that emerges even in the midst of brokenness. And I believe that if we would reflect in even the most subtle ways, we would find in our own story places where beauty emerged from something that we would have at the time never wanted to let go of. And yet out of that has come something richer in our relationships with God. I look into my own life and can see that some of the places that really I could be most ashamed of have emerged an understanding of God and his grace and his love and his faithfulness that I possibly would never have known any other way. Beauty and brokenness is a strange yet wonderful concept. And so we can see then why David says, My sacrifice, O God, is a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart you, God, will not despise. Lord, it is my prayer that today, for all of us here, that we would experience in you the wonder of beauty emerging from some of the places that we've even experienced deepest pain. The beauty of your presence, the beauty of you filling those places, the beauty of light coming out of what is now broken. Lord, you are good, and all that you do is good. 